Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 19. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. It features devotional segments by pastors serving the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, along with music by artists who support our teaching, and also various church news and other updates. After taking a break this summer, we resume now with our next episode. I'm Tom Barthel, serving as pastor at Trinity Lutheran, a Wells congregation in Nina, Wisconsin. This is episode 105. We'll begin this episode with our Bible truth. Why should we be baptized? Bible truths. Question number eight. Why should we be baptized? Why should we be baptized? In the Bible, God instituted baptism for our benefit as his means of grace to give us faith that comes from him and is not the result of our doing. Through baptism, God uses water connected with his word to wash away our sins and adopt us into his family forever. What a blessing! Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God tells us in his word that through baptism, he works forgiveness of sins, delivers from death and the devil, and gives eternal life. There are no age or spiritual maturity requirements for baptism in God's word. Some believe that baptism is a choice that individuals should make for themselves, and rationalize that it is reasonable to allow children to mature spiritually in order for them to make this choice. One can be assured that the devil is constantly working on everyone's hearts and minds at any age to reject God's word. So why wouldn't we want God to be working in our hearts and minds instead of Satan? If a person stubbornly refuses to be baptized, would that be a rejection of God? Absolutely. Through baptism, God lives in us, forgives our sins, overpowers death and the devil, and works faith in our hearts so that we do not lose our inheritance of eternal life. So it is not the water itself or the act of baptism that connects us with God. Rather, it is the word of God, which is in and with the water when the words baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are said, that God adopts us and gives us faith through this sacrament. This is difficult to comprehend for humans, however. Nothing is impossible for God. What joy it is for Christians to know that God wants all people, regardless of age, to be baptized. Through our baptism, he promises to adopt us into his family and take care of us forever. God's word on baptism from the NIV. Matthew 28, verse 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 16, verse 16. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for the whom the Lord our God will call. Titus chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. 
He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs of having the hope of eternal life. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 Therefore, I want you to know that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. To those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built in it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through the water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6 verses, verse 3 Or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Luke chapter 18 verse 15 through 17 People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked him. But Jesus called to the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter it. And Psalm 51 verse 5, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. This next song is by the artist Koine. Forgive our sins as we forgive.
God's Word for You, shared by Pastor Timothy Smith. God's Word for You, Job 35, reading verses 1 to 8. Then Elihu said, Do you think this is just? You say, I am in the right, not God. Yet you ask him, What profit is it to me, and what do I gain by not sinning? The second half of verse 2 was translated this way by the older NIV. You say, I will be cleared by God. The Hebrew phrase in question, uh, it's it's the phrase uh, tzidkeh me'el, means literally, I, righteous than God, or I am probably more righteous or more just than God. This recent update of the NIV seems to have expressed a translation, I think, more clearly and more closely to the Hebrew meaning. It says, I am in the right, not God. The question Elihu is asking is this, if you don't think God is right or that you are more righteous than God, then why do you spend time getting ready to stand before him as a judge? If God were truly dishonest, then we should spend our time either appealing to another judge or trying to bribe the the dishonest one into doing what we would like him to do. The tragedy is that the world treats these two courses as both correct options today. Elihu's rhetorical question seems to be the new doctrine of our time. What do I gain by not sinning? Verses 4 to 8. I would like to reply to you and to your friends with you. Look up at the heavens and see. Gaze at the clouds so high above you. If you sin, how does that affect him? If your sins are many, what does that do to him? If you are righteous, what do you give to him? Or what does he receive from your hand? Your wickedness only affects humans like yourself, and your righteousness only other people. If, or rather, is God so high in the sky that neither our good deeds nor our sins find a place in his eyes? God hates sin. And just in case we're not sure what sin is, God gives us plenty of examples and ten commandments to show us what he means. Not even a U.S. senator with a glib tongue can change the will of God. The answer to our sins never changes. Only in Jesus is there forgiveness. We can't wriggle free of our guilt by redefining what a sin is. We are rescued by Jesus as surely as if he had saved us from drowning. Our sins don't damage God, but they cause him grief. He tells us that in Genesis and in Ephesians, out of his love for us. God rescued us. Our righteousness comes only from him. We pray from Psalm 7. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. Up next, to tell the story. Shared by Pastor Luke Italiano. She paid no attention to the rough 
hands that clamped on her arms and forced her to walk. She paid no attention to the pain in her feet as they forced her to walk without sandals. She paid no attention to the heat of her tears against her cheeks. All she could see were the faces of the people who saw her as she was marched past them. She saw the face of her mother turn away in shame. She saw Miriam, her neighbor and best friend, turn away in shame. She saw the woman at the well that she didn't even know the name of turn away in shame. And she wanted to hide. She wanted to die. She wanted anything, anything to hide from the shame that she felt. But they would not let her yet. The Pharisees had caught her, and now everyone knew what was happening. Everyone knew what she had done, and she couldn't hide. They forced her up the hill to the temple where sentence would be carried out. They forced her through the streets so that everyone could see, and they walked into the temple where she knew what would come, and she welcomed it, anything, anything to get away from this shame. But they weren't done yet. They walked into one of the courtyards, and detours suddenly turned to where a teacher was speaking to his disciples. And one of the Pharisees, they stepped forward and said, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses us to command such, commanded us to, to stone such women. Now, what do you say? Well, the teacher, he stood up and walked over, looked the Pharisees in the face, looked at the woman, and bent down and started to scribble something in the dirt with his finger. And suddenly no one was paying attention to her anymore. No one was paying attention to her shame. They were all paying attention to this teacher. The Pharisees got agitated. Answer us! Answer us! Until finally the teacher stood and said, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And then he bent over again. But she braced herself. She knew. If there was anyone who should throw the stone first, if there was anyone like that, it was the Pharisees. And she waited for that first rock to strike against her. She waited for that first sharp stone to break her skin open. But no stone came. The Bible says that they left one at a time, the oldest ones first. Until finally, in that temple courtyard, it was just her and Jesus. And he straightened and approached her and looked her right in the face, right into her eyes. And he didn't flinch away. And he didn't act as if she should be ashamed or as if she should hide. And he asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, 
Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. Brothers, sisters, just as Jesus knew that woman's deepest shame and loved her anyway, he knows what you have hidden and what you deeply desire that no one ever finds. He knows that secret. And he loves you anyway. And this story is true. We'll close with a hymn from the Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary Chapel Service. This is Christian Worship Hymn number 434, Lord, You I Love With All My Heart.
have been listening to Canaan Bound Podcast. This episode was first shared in November of 2015. We'd like to thank the artist and those who allowed us to feature their segments. For more information, visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com. We encourage you to visit a Wells Ministry location nearest you. Visit wells.net. Thanks for joining us.